Hello and welcome to Rolling Solo. I'm your host as always, Jason, and welcome back. Um, today is pretty exciting because we're in our last prep episode. Um, it's all about creating our starting sector and placing us, you know, where the game is going to start. Um, so next episode, we are actually going to be rolling some dice and getting in there and playing. Um, I'll probably actually record that tomorrow and then um, I'll probably take a little bit of extra time editing it. Editing it. Um, and uh, I'll probably have it up within the week at some point. Um, just to make it a little extra special. It is the first uh, first episode of Playoff. So, um, so I'm not going to beat around the bush too much. Um, it's nice to sit down and do this again. I've uh, Those of you who have perhaps seen that I have a blog going along with this... Uh, Currently, it can be reached at rollingsolo.wordpress.com. Um, on the menu there, you can see that there are play materials. Uh, so I'm going to share all the physical play materials that I used to play with this. Um, anyone who has happened to have seen that before this episode will see that I've already done this activity, actually. Um, <laughs> I've done the activity before uploading this recording, um, so a uh, little, you know, sneak peek at what's going on today. Um, but without much further ado, um, I'm going to go ahead and start talking about what I did to create my beginning sector. Um, I did do it off recording. Um, there's just so many charts and things to hop back and forth between. I didn't want to like stutter over a bunch of words or have a bunch of blank space that I had to edit over. So I just went ahead. I, I created the little starting sector um, and then um, I figured I would just explain my process here and then we'll talk about where we're starting. Okay. Uh, so without much further ado, um, the first step of creating a starting region um, in Starford uh, is to for, well first understand what a sector is. <laughs> Our sectors are kind of like settled or explored areas of space. Um, they are, in the fiction of the setting, they are named and provide the people of the forge a common means of identifying a location or mapping domains of power or factions. Um, for us, it helps us manage the details of travels and interaction. Um, a known sector can serve as a setting for a sworn quests, and then as you head out into the unknown, you can kind of discover, explore, and name new sectors. Um, so the exercise that you do in the book is just to walk you through the process of creating a basic sector for the start of the campaign. Um, it is also technically optional. Um, it does encourage you, if you want to do this completely freeform, you can do this completely freeform and not really worry about things like this. Um, but I think they add a kind of fun little discovery aspect to the game that I really don't, I didn't want to pass on. Um, again, I relied mostly on the Oracle for a lot of these things. I, I'd say probably about 80% of the finalized thoughts are all Oracle work, and then I modified some of the aspects to help work with what I liked, um, or kind of kind of help mesh everything together whenever it was all set. Um, so the first actual step into creating a starting sector is to choose the starting region. There are four options: uh, the terminus, 
which is kind of, you know, your everyday sector. Settlements are relatively common. Spaceborne routes between communities are usually pretty well charted. Um, it recommends starting here if you want to focus on interacting with other people and communities. The outlands uh, represent an area of recent expansion. Settlements here are scattered and navigational paths are often uncharted and perilous. They suggest starting here if you envision yourself as a spacer on a wild frontier. Um, last but not least, uh, the ex well, not last, um, last of the recommended spaces is the Expanse. Only a few bold pioneers have delved these far-flung reaches. If you're ready to face the dangers of lonely exploration within uncharted space, start here. And there is a fourth option. Um, it's kind of a funny option, a void. In the reaches beyond the forge, isolated stars are separated by vast gulfs of nothing. Travel and settling here is impractical, if not impossible. Don't start your campaign here. I like it because out of the things I've read, this is kind of the first thing that it's ever been like, don't do this. Um, they don't ever really say that for anything else that I've read so far. And they're just straight up, hey, do not go into the void. Um, so because I'm playing like an exobiologist and whatnot, I thought it would be fun to start in the expanse. Um, we are in the dangers of very lonely exploration. Um, so that's where I, I decided. Um, I feel like Outlands might have been a safer choice. But I'm curious to see what I can pull out from the expanse and see if we can kind of work our way back. You know what I mean? Uh, work back into more um, populated territory. Um, so for step two, after you've determined your starting region, you need to determine the number of settlements. And that kind of that's based on which uh, starting region. Uh, so if you're in the terminus, which you know is highly populated, you start with four settlements. If you're in the outlands, you start with three settlements. And if you're in the expanse, you start with two settlements. That's pretty straightforward. We're not going to get too deep into that. Um, step three is where you generate the settlement detail. This is where a bunch of charts and stuff start coming into play if you don't want to just pull this stuff out of your butt. Um, so... There are, for each settlement, there are a couple of charts that it recommends you rolling oracle dice on. That is for the settlement name, the location, the population, the authority, and like kind of what projects are going on there. Um, so, uh, since I, you know, I was in the expanse, I have two settlements, and I'm just going to kind of share with you the two uh, settlements uh, that I have starting with here. Um, so... The two settlement names, um, I have Florin as one. Um, it is located uh, on planet side. Its population is in the dozens. Its authority is, um, oh, what was it? Hold on, I have it right in front of me. It's corrupt, yeah, it has a, a corrupt authority. And its settlement projects, um, when I rolled on the Oracle, it had me do an action plus theme roll. My action was lose, and my theme was enemy. So I kind of picture this as a group of refugees of sorts, is how it started out. At. Um, and then that kind of developed a little bit more. Um, I'll talk about that here in a bit. And then I went ahead and rolled two times on the settlement projects. Uh, the second part is hunting. So those are all of the, um, that's all the, the for Florin. The second settlement is Rampart. Um, it's located it's an orbital it's an orbital settlement its population is few 
its authority is tolerant. This is one that I changed. Um, it started out as also corrupt, but I wanted to have something else a little bit other than just a bunch of corrupt places out here. Um, so I chose tolerant. Um, its settlement projects are environmentalism and mining, which is kind of funny. It's a little uh, duality there going on. Um, so I, I just thought that was kind of funny. So after you have the basic information for uh, for the settlements in your uh, area, you then are going to generate planets for any settlement that is either planet side or in orbit around a planet. Um, so originally I thought about having them located on the same planet, um, but I figured that since it recommends you rolling a planet for each settlement, that we would go ahead and uh, have two separate planets. Um, so the two planets that I've created, uh, so for Florin, it is going to be located on the planet Boss. It is a Jovian world, which is not quite like a gas giant, um, but they are very gaseous, um, you know, not necessarily suitable for human, uh, <laughs> human life there. Um, then we also have uh, Degani 7. Degani 7 is an ocean world, and that is where Rampart is going to be orbital, orbiting around. Um, so I, I, I loved the idea of this, like, mining, um, this kind of, like, orbital mining situation for an ocean world just seemed to fit right in. Uh, and the environmentalism is obviously, like, studying how the world operates and things like that. Um, I definitely started envisioning this as being a um, ascension section of the of the world or of well i mean of, of space um and i think that that's how um i think that's our motivation for being here in the first place even in these far-flung areas um so step five is optional it's to generate stars this just kind of helps give you a little bit of like flavor text for the planet itself really um it says if you'd like to know the nature of the primary stars these settlements and planets orbit go to page 303 and roll once for each settlement i went ahead and did that um i i it feels weird because in my head i'm like wow that that means they're in like separate galaxies right so it, it's really hard to fathom how large this space is um but i went ahead and embraced that uncomfortable uncomfortable being uncomfortable and i rolled for it anyways um so for uh florin it was a um like a dim star um it was a like kind of like a um smoldering red star is how it describes it so it's not going to be very 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 bright um whereas uh rampart is going to be orbiting around a burning yellow or well dagani 7 is going to be bar uh, so it's going to have a little bit more like a sun like us essentially um okay and again, that step is completely optional. It's just meant to help give you a little bit of flavor whenever you are uh, stepping onto the planet. So step six is to create a sector map. It has a hexagonal map here, and it just kind of wants you to place things wherever. Um, I have created a, a sector map already. Uh, it is going to be in the play materials at the bottom of the uh, starting sector uh, sheet there. So if you want to see exactly what I drew up, it'll be there for you. Um, you'll see that I have named the sector the Outer Shallows, by the way. Um, it, it tells you, you know, you form your own kind of way to mark things. And the fact that it's hex is 
kind of amorphous. Um, space is relative. It's, it's not meant to be an exact science of where you place things. Um, it, it really does want you to embrace that kind of loosey-goosey narrative comes first aspect of it. Um, so I just kind of placed them on different sides of the thing and said, okay, well, we'll figure out how this works later. Um, after that, it wants you to create passages. That's step seven. So passages are basically charted routes among the drifts. These are commonly used routes that can help you quickly navigate. If you are using a passage, you get to only, uh, you only have to uh, set a course, which is you set your, your panels, you kind of have a nice relaxing trip. Maybe something happens in between, but it's not like you're going out into the unknown. However, if you're traveling in uncharted paths, you instead have to undertake an expect undertake an expedition. Uh, this gives the journey and its perils greater focus. You also uh, will earn experience for successful expedition. That is kind of a, a bright side to it. And you also create a new passage whenever you can do that. Uh, so it helps speed you along in the later processes. So the number of passages also kind of de is determined by what kind of region you placed your sector in. If you were in the Terminus region, it's three passages. The Outlands, it's two. And the Expanse is one. So I only got one passage. So my one passage is actually set from Daigani 7, just going southward out into whatever sector is south of... Uh, the outer shallows probably the inner shallows makes the most sense right um and then boss is kind of its own separate entity um it encourages you that even though that there's not a sector in between these planets people could still be there um and since boss is actually more populated than nagani i had this feeling that Perhaps one of those bail storms kind of came through and separated whatever chart was or whatever passage was already charted there. Um, space is chaotic. Um, it's prone to shift and change and make things hard. And I think that this has just been a situation recently that these places have been separate. Um, so that made a lot of sense for me. Uh, for step eight, you get to zoom in on one settlement. Uh, it wants you to pick a settlement to really kind of focus in on. And while Dagani is cool and an ocean planet, Rampart only has a few people. And I feel like I want to have at least some human interaction for this. Um, and it also, for me, made more sense uh, for um, Cassidy to be going to this um odd gaseous planet of uh, boss um, there is just something that kind of stuck out to me so I wanted to go ahead and flesh out the Florin settlement um, so there's some more charts you get to roll on the first look page as well as the settlement trouble page so when I did that um, the first look that I got was high-tech construction um, I didn't roll a second time because I, th I loved the idea of, um, just that is kind of the, um, the kind of the thing that you get from this place. Um, so when I heard, saw high tech construction, I was like, okay, there's dozens of people, refugees, maybe originally I was there that, that felt like a weird clash to me. Um, so something I thought of is that it was actually a research facility that has been, uh, taken over by these refugees. Um, I was like, okay, maybe this was a high-tech research facility 
There have been some people trying to escape from law enforcement. They have come here. It is one of their only safe havens, and they have sort of taken this place over as a bastion of sorts. Um, they are keeping uh, whatever original researchers were there kind of kind of um, like prisoners. Um, it's kind of like probably like a loose arrangement. I don't see them as doing this and like being super cruel about it. I just see them being desperate and not wanting to be. Um, and then it also explained that their other project was hunting um, because they needed, you know, to collect things. And the hunting also made more sense whenever I rolled on the settlement troubles uh, thing, which I got, uh, what was it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, their trouble was overdue delivery. So I think that they are becoming desperate because they have, were expecting a shipment of goods to be delivered to the uh, remote research base. But because of that destroyed passage, um, nobody was there. There was no one to give that delivery. Um, and I think that's kind of where Cassidy comes in. I think Cassidy was, was kind of sent as like an errand girl to go run this delivery to them and also pick up some information on the way. I mean, she is an exo, uh, exobiologist, so like this is up her alley. It's a good opportunity to kind of earn rank again from whatever thing happened in her past. Um, so everything was just kind of falling into place for me. Um, so I think that's kind of where we're going to be starting out already. Um, so since the settlement is planet side or in orbit, which it's in planet side, we also get to go to the planet uh, page and then we roll on a couple of different things for that. We roll for atmosphere, things that we can observe from space, and things that are planet side features. So I have a few things here. Uh, so its atmosphere is toxic, um, which makes sense that they have high tech uh, facilities there to kind of aerate everything and make sure it's safe for people to live there. Um, I also rolled, uh, there's another chart for life. So I rolled on that. Uh, the life is sparse. Um, some things can live in this toxic atmosphere. Obviously it's not great for a lot of things. So, um, that made sense. Um, it's features that you can observe from space are unusual atmospheric colors, um, which makes sense that in these great storms that kind of happen on, over uh, Jovian plants, that some of it just has these brilliant colors that can kind of happen throughout. Um, but its planet-side features are also an intense gravity well. Um, that is something that you can observe from space, is that it pulls you in as you get close. So I, to me, when I saw that, I said, okay, so the thing that they're researching here is probably how is the gravity so different on this planet than others? I mean, it's mostly gas for the most part. What is giving it this great intense gravity well? And how um, I started thinking about things that they would be trying to solve, which would be these great rifts that they've caused themselves. Um, so I'm thinking that the researchers here are studying how can they use this planet's gravity to learn how to kind of undo some of the damage they've done in space? Um, do they find anything? Who knows? We'll find out, right? Um, the last planet side feature that you can notice whenever you're actually there are zones of atmosphere, um, like zones of localized atmosphere. So in these this great gaseous planet, there are still spaces where you can find... Um, 
find breathable atmosphere, I imagine. And I imagine these kinds of shift with the storms. And I also have the feeling that they might have something to do with the gravity well. I'm not sure, obviously. These are all just things that I kind of spitballed whenever I was dreaming it up. Um, but I really like this planet a lot. Um, I wrote a little blurb about it. A small colony of criminal refugees hiding from authorities. Florin used to be a research base before the small band took it over months ago. A few researchers there are kept prisoner and hold valuable information. Awesome. So step nine is that after you've created the settlement, after you've created these planets and you have this place, now you need a person. You create a local connection. Um, and it's important to note that a connection in this game represents an important relationship with a non-player character. You create connections with NPCs, advance those relationships through course of narrative, and forge bonds to represent deeper connections. For now, we have a single connection in the starting sector. I almost certainly know other people here and elsewhere, but I'm not truly connected to those people or they aren't a focus of my story. So we are going to create a connection here there is a move called make a connection and it tells you to make the move but consider it a strong hit um so make a connection reads when you search out a new relationship or give focus to an existing relationship not an ally or companion roll plus heart on a strong hit you create a connection you give them a role in a rank and whenever your connection aids you on a move closely associated with their role you add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. On a weak hit, as above, but this connection comes with a complication or a call. Envision what they reveal or demand. And on a miss, you don't make a connection and the situation worse. Pay the price. Some of that stuff we'll talk more about whenever we're actually playing the game, probably next session. Um, but for now, know that it considers this a strong hit. We make a connection, we give them a roll and rank, and that whenever I interact with them, um, they're going to aid my roles and make it easier to do things well so the role that i gave uh isaac shepherd was um well we don't have a name yet technically uh the role i gave him was a researcher um technically a gravity researcher um we give them a rank uh, it recommends either um troublesome or dangerous Ranks just kind of determine how risky those relationships really are. Um, and the riskier the relationship is, the the harder it is to like level them up, but the more you get from leveling them up. You know what I mean? I, I'll talk more about like the leveling tracts later again in play. Um, I don't want us to get too muddled down by it. We define some of their characteristics, which I rolled for these. You define first look, character goal, and revealed character aspect. So um, for first look, I got that they were wiry and tattooed. For their character goal, I got craft and object. And for revealed character aspects, I got technical and creative. Um, so going back to this researcher on this planet researching like gravity, um, I think the goal to craft an object is all about creating a maybe like, dare I say, a gravity gun of sorts. That might be a fun thing to to talk about. Um, 
they are definitely since they are technical and creative i can see them trying wild things to accomplish this and a gravity gun might be some our future maybe that 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 sounds like a fun thing to to dream about right choose the connections home i just recommend starting them where you are so at florin um give the connection a name i already spoiled it on accident i rolled for it uh isaac shepherd was the name and then um we kind of determine how important they are to us um i figure that i've talked to isaac a couple of times in passing before i mean they're a researcher they're in my kind of field so i've probably chatted with them it's probably the contact i was told to meet and we'll kind of determine through the play and narrative how important Isaac turns out to be. So finally, step, well, the last couple of steps here. Step 10, you introduce a sector trouble. You can roll for it, um, but I went ahead and actually just created this one. Um, I didn't like what I rolled for, so I went ahead and just made, um, I made the sector trouble to be bail storms are in overabundance, making communication difficult. Just to help explain why that passage was separated between those two research bases, as well as just add a little bit more danger to our travel in between. Um, I think that's just kind of an exciting sector trouble to face early on, just so we can see how destructive those bail storms are. Finalize the starting sector. Give your sector a name. If you'd like a suggestion, roll on the sector name table. Um, I rolled for Outer Shallows. Um, uh, that is a name that I rolled for. Uh, you can also set the controlling power of the sector, or like the controlling power for the sector. So like if you have um, someone in mind that you think owns that sector for the most part. For me, I thought it might be the Ascensions. This is probably like an Ascension research, research sector. They probably have these... Um, it's probably not uncommon for Ascensions to have these kind of remote research facilities where they're trying to learn more without overburdening the planet. Um, that just seems right up their alley. Um, so for me, this is definitely Ascension territory, which means that the people who are refugees on boss are probably either maybe they're Ascensions escaping from the FOP, maybe they're FOP just escaping the FOP, um probably something of that nature i doubt they're in I, I thought about it for a moment but i don't think that's the case all right um and that was actually the last step we have starting sector um, we have everything we need to begin an adventure so i will quickly do the um first part of beginning an adventure so that anyone listening to this episode can kind of know where we're going to be starting on the first one and I'm also going to give a quick review of what we discussed today to re-explain this starting sector. So, I believe that the planet that we're going to be starting on is the planet Boss. The settlement is Florin. Um, Florin is a old research facility that has been overtaken by a group of criminal refugees hiding from authority. Um, they were studying these intense gravity wells that were forming on this planet, as well as these odd zones of atmosphere. Um, the bandits or the criminals are getting desperate because these great bale storms have cut off supply lines and now there are more mouths to feed than just the researchers, so supplies are dwindling quickly, and they are trying to hunt what sparse life exists on this planet. Um, our 
compatriot Isaac Shepard is one of the prisoners there that we are going to be going to essentially rescue, um, most likely. Uh, and we are going to learn more about what's happening on this planet. What has Isaac learned? Why are these people here? Who are they escaping from? Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited to explore that. Um, so to begin an adventure, what they recommend is to envision an inciting incident. Um, there are a bunch of ways they suggest to discuss inciting incidents. Um, what makes a good inciting incident? Make it personal. Make it a problem that won't go away on its own. Give it a ticking clock, up the stakes, and limit the scope. I think the inciting incident is going to be this rescue of Isaac Shepard and the other prisoners there. I think that when going through the Outer Shallows, uh, Cassidy O'Brien uh, stops at Kodigani 7, and she learns that something weird has happened on the planet Bast. Um, they haven't communicated in a long time, and the bail storms have just completely separated them. And there were whispers of an odd ship that went by just months ago. Um, and I think that... I think maybe months isn't the right thing. Maybe weeks. Maybe it's been a few. Um, but I think that in simply going to deliver this information or whatever, uh, this delivery, um, I think that she learns that there's something deeper going on. And her iron truth that she swears is to go figure it out. We will have a scene at the beginning of next session of that to help start out um, start out the game. Um, so I think that's where my headspace is right now. It might change between like, it, it's actually 1137 PM here. I'm recording late in the evening. Um, it's just the first opportunity I've had to record in a while. Uh, so I think that's where we'll start. Um, I'm really excited to jump in here. I think we have a really good meaty story to work off here now. Um, and then we'll just dive in and <laughs> make it good, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, so if you are still with me, I really appreciate you listening to everything. Um, I cannot wait to jump in and sink my teeth into this. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, please, uh, follow along too with the blog at, uh, rollingsolo.wordpress.com. And that is rollingsolo, R-O-L-L-I-N-G-S-O-L-O-W.wordpress.com. Again, thank you so much. You all have a wonderful day.